Welcome back to World of the Occult, back from a short hiatus with a new and improved theme song. Tonight we see what serial killer and necrophile Ed Kemper is up to, and we talk to an expert on the planet Nibiru. It's 3am, I'm jacked up on some wild pills my uncle gave me, and it's time to enter a world of mystery and imagination. Some people are understandably put off by the idea of a person being split down the middle in some gruesome fashion, but other people find a great deal of joy in this activity. Meet Edmund Kemper, serial killer of some ten women, including his own mother, whom he beheaded and used as a sex toy. The following is actual audio taken from the upcoming HBO special, Ed Kemper, Stand-Up Comedian. Ladies and gentlemen... Mr. Ed Kemper. My gun was under the seat. What in the hell am I doing telling you that? Am I looking, am I, am I a masochist? Am I looking to be tormented further? I'm trying to show you just how awful this got. And when I attacked her, she didn't at first realize what was happening. It didn't go through. She had very heavy coveralls on it knocked her right up into the lid of the car, but it didn't pierce the clothing. So it wasn't that swell a knife anyway. <laughs> when I bought a pawn shop, a huge knife. And uh, I kept on just mindlessly attacking. I just killed a young woman. I slammed down the lid of the trunk. She isn't dead, she's dying. And I panicked. I thought, I just locked the car keys in it, because I can't find them in my pocket. Oh my God, I locked them in the trunk. I'm kicking on the trunk lid and yanking on it. Oh no, I don't believe this. I started to run, and I tripped over the gun that I'd had in my pants that I had totally forgotten was there. Hello, my name is Jody Duncan. I'm from Hickory, North Carolina. I am a writer. This is a dark poem I wrote called Nina Hartley. When Nina Hartley come to town, she call. She tell the radio to tell me. I go see her at the gentleman's because we are friends. We network and ask me to write a script for her. We take a picture together I still have, and she is smiling, and she is naked and glittering. Had to walk everywhere for a week, all my gas money going out the window. Probably sell my script and get lots of gas or make love to her either way. 
That was Ed Kemper, stand-up comedian, followed by Dark Jody Duncan, a very gifted poet who was kind enough to send me some of his work to play on this program. Up next, Bigfoot, pure, cuddly, lovable symbol of America's driving passion for mythological creatures? Maybe so, but is there a dark side to this lumbering beast? New reports may answer the age-old question, do big feet equal big meat? Do they rape children? Let's go to our local affiliate in Fredericksburg, Virginia to find out more. For most people, the Sasquatch is the stuff of legends, a large hairy mammal that roams the woods. But for this man, it became a criminal defense. 57-year-old Gene Morrill pleaded guilty to soliciting a minor for sex online. But he didn't bring up Bigfoot, says his attorney, until just before sentencing in Stafford County. That's when he revealed he'd been molested by a Bigfoot as a child in a New Hampshire field. You may not believe in Bigfoots, but there are people who do. And I asked one of them today whether or not Marill could have even had a sighting of a Sasquatch in New Hampshire. Matthew Moneymaker of the Bigfoot Field Research Organization tells me there have been sightings in New Hampshire, but there has never been a report of physical contact between a Bigfoot and a person. I've had a few that claimed abuse, but never by uh, a mythical creature. He is undercover. Stafford County Detective Darrell Wells built the case against Morrill one chat at a time. He is a sexual predator that, char that targets children. The judge still ruled Morrill competent to stand trial, and he didn't give him a break. Yesterday, he was sentenced to 20 years behind bars. We'll be right back after this short break. <laughs> I don't like them putting chemicals in the water that turn the friggin' frogs gay. Do you understand that? This crap. I'm sick of being social engineered. It's not funny. back to World of the Occult. Is there a rogue planet about to collide into ours? Uh, our next guest is an expert on the subject. Peter, welcome to the show. It's good to have you on. Kyle, thanks for having me. Um, so I wanted to bring you on in particular uh, to educate our listeners on what Nibiru is and what does it want with us. Well, um, Nibiru is a rogue planet that is out in our solar system, and it's on a 3,600-year cycle, and it crosses our path every uh, 3,600 years, and it uh, sort of wreaks havoc 
all sorts of havoc on the earth when it does. Wow, that's really interesting. Uh, do you, um, so just to kind of get the sort of obvious questions out of the way early on, uh, NASA, where do, where do they stand on this? NASA, um, I'm pretty sure they are aware of Nibiru, and I'm pretty sure they know of it. Um, occasionally, they, they like to keep the general public in the dark on this type of things. Um, they did send out Voyager 1 and 2 out in deep space to look for it and to try to triangulate its location. Um, many um, ex-NASA officials and uh, people who have um, contact within NASA have uh, come out and said that uh, NASA is aware of Nibiru, but uh, just doesn't want to let the general public know about it. So you seem to be taking a, a slightly uh, softer stance. Um, a lot of people, uh, they think they're just a pack of lying duty heads. Uh, do you think there's any truth to that? Um, I'm not going to call them a lying duty head, but um, NASA does hide things from the general public. Yes. Um, it, it, it's... It's obvious. You know, at NASA, they, they must be idiots to think that we wouldn't find out about them spending millions to develop the mechanical pencil when we could have just used <laughs> pencils. I guess so. NASA. More like nassholes, am I right? Yeah, more, more or less, yeah. You're correct. So... Um, how did you come into uh, discovering about this uh, potential phenomenon? Well, um, I'm going to say started on when I was um, very young. Uh, I was a preteen. Um, and I would say I believe that I've seen a UFO when I was um, I'm going to be 13 years old at the time. Um, and... Ever since my experience with um, seeing something strange and very, very unusual, um, I've been searching for explanations, uh, wanting to know more about UFOs and aliens and whatnot, and um, just started researching on the subject. And I came across a book called uh, The Gods of Eden by William Bradley. And after reading that a few times, I was fascinating. Um, on the subject of ancient gods and ancient astronaut theory and whatnot. And um, from there, I was turned on to uh, Zechariah Sitchin's work um, with the 12th planet and his Earth Chronicle series. Um, yes. And that basically just started a whole other rabbit hole that I, that I uh, dove into and just continued uh, my research with, with other reading material um, and other... Uh, videos, any type of information that I can find, I would, um, I would watch it, listen to it, and basically um, digest it. That's really interesting. Um, so some of the dates that have been mentioned, there have been a few dates that have come up, 2003, 2012, 2017. Yep. <laughs> uh, yeah. uh, basically, uh, when can we expect Nibiru to not hit us next? <laughs> well, um, I do not expect Nibiru to show up anytime soon. Um, 
even though we are, and I believe we're living in uh, the end times, you can say, um, uh, keep in mind the end times spans over thousands of years. It's not yes. going to be three, four years. Um, I'm going to go with what the Sumerian tablets um, coincide. And basically, um, I'm going to uh, suggest the next window of opportunity would be roughly uh, 2090 up to 2374. That's going to be the next window that I believe um, Nibiru is going to make its crossing. And that's, um, that's good for you, too, because you'll be long dead, so you won't be around to... You know, exactly uh, have to exactly. deal with it if you're wrong. Um, so 2090 around then you expect uh, the possibility. Yeah, the possibility. Exactly. Now, now there's recent um, research and uh, claims that it could be sooner. Now, it it it, it all depends on on what past date that it came by you go off of now if you're gonna sit there and say all right the last pass was basically um you know uh the great deluge then then yeah um uh, depending on what date you put the the great flood at that's basically where you're gonna come come to the conclusion of its next passing but there's been um uh some research that suggests that the last passing was during the Exodus. Yes. Um, so, and the Exodus was roughly around uh, 1435 to uh, 1500 uh, BC timeframe. So, if you if you go by that date, we currently are in the timeframe of it returning again, and and it's quite possible depending on. Um, if it's if its cycle has been shortened or not, um, there's there's claims by Stitchin and other and others who claim that um, on its last pass that um, there's been some disruptions with Uranus. Tell me about it. It <laughs> basically shortened its its um, its cycle, so it could be here um, as early as 2021, 20, 20 or 2050, but I'm still thinking that it's it's roughly around 2090 or 2374 time frame. Yeah. But it's not going to surprise me if it's here sooner. So So um do you believe that Nibiru could be inhabited perhaps the government of Nibiru is covering up the existence of Earth? Um is there a life on Nibiru? I think so. I'm going to say yes there is life on Nibiru, um, just because based on the Sumerian tablets and uh, in Zechariah Stitchin's work states that Nibiru is the planet of the gods. So uh, with that said, there has to be life on Nibiru um, since that's the planet they come from, supposedly. Um, are they covering up the existence of Earth? I'm not I'm not sure I'm understanding that question very well, but um, they could be pulling strings here on planet Earth uh, uh, currently. Yes. Yeah. And do you, how far do you uh, delve into the conspiracy aspect of Nibiru and uh, the covering up and uh, 
sort of the power structure behind it. Uh, do you think it makes a lot of sense to cover it up? It does. It does make sense. Because um, basically, you got to look at it this way. Now, the mass majority of the Earth population, you know, are they ready to fully understand that, yes, um, alien life is out there, it's real, we've been visited? Are they ready for that? You know, uh, the majority of us um, in the westernized world, yes, but in other uh, parts of the world, um, I don't think they're ready for that. You know, um, it's going to cause mass chaos. You know, um, people are going to basically just quit their jobs. They're not going to care if they if they know that a pending doom is near. You know, yeah. um, I understand the reason why to hide it, um, but should they? I think they shouldn't. They should just let us know. Yes, yes. So just to rewind a bit, um, you have actually had an experience uh, with a UFO. I believe so. Um, I believe I've witnessed a UFO in my lifetime. Um, like I said, when I was younger, um, I'll explain the story to you. Um, I was sleeping at the time, and I, and I was woken up with a very bright red light in my face. And when I woke up, and I'm like, you know, it, it, it just draw me to the window. So I woke up, I stood up, and I looked outside the window, and I look up, and I'm like, where's that light coming from? And I can see a red orb in the, you know, um, in the sky up above. Yeah. The moment that I looked at it and my eyes locked onto it, it just basically just shut out of frame, like like real quick, like one, two, three, boom, gone. You know, it shot out of there. And I, and I stood there and I was like, what the hell was that? You know, um, but I was really tired at the time, so I just fell back asleep, and uh, I didn't think about it until like a few weeks after that. And then I'm like, wait a minute, you know, um, after like watching something in the news or something about a UFO, that's when it popped back up in my mind. And I'm like, wait a minute, I think I saw one. And then, and then ever since that, I just uh, was searching for answers. Now that would make you stop and think. Yeah, yeah definitely. That's really interesting. Um, so uh, my final question is, uh, what are your thoughts on uh, the Nibiru prophecies and the Bible? Um, I do believe they are related. Um, basically, uh, when you when you research Nibiru and also um, dive deep into its theology of Nibiru, basically how it's the planet of the gods and how they came here and they created us and whatnot. It, it's, it's basically Genesis revisited all over again. And uh, at the moment you read all the content you can about Nibiru and its history and its, and its all its inhabitants and the reasons for its existence and whatnot. And then you go back and you reread the Old Testament, you would understand that the two are connected. Um, so there is a connection there. Um, and then when you look back into Revelations, Revelations states there's going to be a star coming into um, our solar system. The Revelations calls it worm, uh, Wormwood. Uh, uh, but we know it as Nibiru because of Zechariah Stitchin's work on the Sumerian tablets. Um, yes. Uh, but more commonly, it's Planet X. 
um, that's what's known uh, uh, generally uh, throughout the population. But yeah, it's connected. And um, I think um, it, it, it's, it's quite possible that um, the Bible is put together as a manuscript or prophecy to warn us that, that it, it's coming to arrive. It's coming. That's fascinating. And so uh, what are we to expect if it passes by, basically? Flooding, uh, mass flooding, earthquakes, volcanoes erupting, um, uh, parts of uh, known land masses currently are going to be swallowed in the sea. Um, you know, if you believe in uh, the city of Atlantis. No, I believe in everything. Anyone tells me. Um, Same sort that. of thing. Exactly. I see. So uh, misery, pain, suffering. Yes, and it's all spelled out in the book of Revelation. Well, the misery we're gonna we're gonna experience in the tribulations. Well, on that high note, uh, I want to thank you, Peter, for joining me. Uh, it was great to have you on. Kyle, thank you for having me. It's been a pleasure. And uh, for your listeners out there, if they want to learn more about Nibiru and want to have a healthy conversation about it, um, I host a Facebook uh, page, and it's called Exploring Nibiru, Genesis Revisited. Uh, please sign up and, um, and uh, join the group. Yes, I encourage all my listeners to go over there and sign up and check it out. Uh, thank you, Peter. My name is Dark Jody. I'm from Hickory, North Carolina. This is a poem I wrote. It's called The Dead Man's Hand. Gonna give me a tattoo of Otis blasting Garfield's face off with a shotgun. Gonna give me a tattoo on the other side of the dead man's hand. Aces and eights, just like Doc Holliday. There's gonna be a skeleton holding it, and the skeleton's on fire, and he's peeping around the cards, and he's looking to call your bluff. And on the skeleton's gonna be another tattoo. This is a portrait of Sam Kennison, and there will be two days. One is the day that Sam Kennison was born, and the other is the day he perished. And I will always remember. Well, that's all the time we have left for the show. I want to thank Peter. I want to thank Dark Jody Duncan. I want to thank every one of you for listening and participating and enjoying the show and subscribing and listening and it's just too much uh, please share please subscribe please listen some more uh, if you don't well don't be surprised when I'm waiting in your closet with a knife remember folks NASA are liars and wake up sheeple good night <laughs>